0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm fired up. It's the first episode of 2021, third year of the podcast, going strong. We're closing in on 100 episodes, so thank you to everyone who's listened before. If you guys haven't, go back and listen to some of the other episodes that you missed. My guest today is Jacob Mason. He is an 81-kilo weightlifter. He's a former college football player as well, so we broke down football and his transition into weightlifting Shout out to Jake from Milwaukee Barbell for getting this set up. This is the second athlete I've had from their club on. If you guys missed episode 93, Logan Gruber was on the show. So I'm excited to have you guys with me and let's just send it over to the interview now. Yeah, so I was looking at uh looking at your Instagram. Were you the strongest punter in college football?
1: <laughs> um I to be honest, probably uh, we did uh, the 225 uh, rep challenge for like bench and everything. And we didn't really train bench much uh, at college. Just our, our coach actually had us on an Olympic program starting like my sophomore year. But I hit uh, 28 reps at 225. So that's probably one of my most athletic feats. And for like people that don't know what that means, like, like Saquon Barkley the day before hit 29 reps. So... I was kind of salty, but
0: damn. <laughs> so, were you guys? Your strength coach came in and started doing the Olympic lifts with you guys.
1: Uh, yeah. So he, I'm not really a hundred percent sure what he was doing for like programming before, um, like my class and everything. But like my sophomore year, he started uh, getting us into the programming. Like right after football, we do hypertrophy program for like eight to twelve weeks just kind of building a base, getting strong and everything with no only lifts at all. And then uh, when we come back for second semester, pretty much from uh, end of January, beginning of February through uh, May, we were doing only lifts. We were doing snatch and clean jerk like twice a week each. Um, So that was cool. And he was actually a really good coach. Like I got lucky in that sense where I did have someone that knew like what he was doing. The one like bummer about it was there was enough kids that like weren't exactly on like the same level or like um as advanced with it so a lot of the times instead of me getting coached after like my lifting and everything i ended up helping coach kids you are being crazy today and this is friendly to everyone listening like what is this person doing this is me attacking my little eight month uh, blue healer that's got endless energy so um but, yeah, I got lucky in the sense that I did get into only lifting a little bit. I didn't do it, like, competitively or anything up until um, when I, graduated, when I uh, finished playing football. Um, so it's been just over two years now. But, uh, yeah, we're getting there.
0: Yeah, and I saw, like, you had pretty good form right away. Is that something, like, you picked up from your strength coach, or is that something, like, you're watching YouTube videos on your own?
1: Uh, a combination of both, and then just uh, – I started snatching with like a, a good foot broad jump in between every single rep. So that wasn't exactly pretty. It was the typical launch it out of your hips, go a foot forward to go catch it, uh, power snatch, everything type ordeal. Um, but endless amounts of bar work, which if I could like start it over again, I would work with just a bar for literally like a full month, like four weeks of just, Ten by ten snatches, ten by ten cleaner jerks with a bar, so I like understand the movement better, work on the mobility aspect, and then uh, just kind of put it all together with weight. After a month of just moving with the bar, that's for sure. But,
0: yeah, but no one wants to do that when you start you start realizing that you can put some weight on the bar and you know snatch one thirty five, one eighty five. You're just like, yeah. I'm all into this.
1: Oh. Yeah, like when we would when we would like lift uh, off of our program in football, uh every pretty much every single day was, all right, let's just max out our snatch <laughs> again.
0: But so did you have teammates who were who were like near your strength level or was everyone pretty pretty far behind?
1: Uh we had one guy, his name was Richie Guess. He was just like a freak of nature. Uh that he was, like, right there. He was actually stronger than me and clean and jerk for a bit. And then I, I caught him on, like, snatch um, and clean and jerk and, bet, er, and squat. He always had me on bench. He was, like, a 400-pound bench dude. Just ran a 4.38 in the gym and everything for a 40, like, freaking nature. So, we uh, we got to train one off season together. It was, uh, like, going into my junior year, and then he graduated. But that was uh, a ton of fun to have a, like, lifting partner that was, like, Literally hand in hand with me, and like we would trade off. Like there'd be times where we'd be doing like sets of five on back squat with four plates, and it was like, all right, throw a two and a half on just to like kind of try to be a dick to the other person and uh, beat them on the
0: last set. So that competition aspect, I think uh, that's definitely great for some people, and I think it's it's not good for some people. But I definitely notice with the sports background, people are always. And, uh, Logan, your teammate who I just had on a couple weeks ago, like that's the same way I think he is, is just like always trying to be always trying to battle somebody, which I think is awesome when you're measuring right. kilos, like your sport is to lift the most amount of weight.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. When well, me and Logan will train, uh, like if we have like, cause pretty much I can sneak in there for like big Fridays occasionally. Like that's normally the day I can get off work and stuff and, uh, kind of make it down there. We'll always do. All right. You get 10 kilos in the clean because I'm a couple weight classes up. So we'll go, all right, you got 10 kilos in the snatch and like 10 kilos or something, cleaner jerk or 15 kilos or whatever. Or we'll compare off like old maxes and everything. And uh, yeah, we'll have like max out sessions pretty much with like a 20 kilo handicap or whatever. But that gets it like intense then because there'll be and there'll be times where we're doing like complexes and and stuff. And for some reason that dude will do like a slow pull snatch double and hit like 98%. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. And right now you're pretty much touching the same numbers as me. And it's getting me kind of riled up right now.
0: (laughs) So what's, what's that like you're training, you're training mostly by yourself at this point. So what motivates you when you're kind of just in the dark, you know, pushing by yourself?
1: Um, I mean, to be honest, I, like, really don't know, like, any other way to kind of do it in the gym. Um, I was really fortunate in high school. Uh, his name's Tony Callen. He runs, like, a, a gym in Slinger where I grew up and everything. And he uh, kind of took over our strength and agility program and kind of got us, like, into that mindset of, like, like your body is a machine. If you can just kind of go to that dark place, like, you are going to be able to do, like, unreal things. And that's kind of always been like the motive going into the gym uh, because of him and just like ever since I was younger because of that. Um, so that's like a big part of it. And honestly, using social media as like a benefit uh, in that aspect has helped me a ton too. Like being able to like reach out to people, um, that kind of keeps me motivated when like no one's there because 99% of the time I'm lifting at a bar by myself with no one else Olympic lifting near me. Um I mean, there'll be times where I'm just like rocking in the gym solo, probably two or three times a week. Um, so yeah, having social media to kind of like reach out to people, just like send them like lifting videos, like, Hey, you seen anything I can improve on or just kind of like occasionally, like if me and Logan have like similar sets or something, like, like sending it like, Oh, I got you on 15 kilos on this, or like got you on this lift or something. That's always fun. And, um, Yeah, I guess it's just kind of like the mindset like that's just how it's always been to always push. So I I always think of there's like two ends of the spectrum where you're not pushing hard enough. And I had a lot of teammates um, that were on that end of the spectrum. And then you got the other end of the spectrum where you're probably pushing a little too hard and like over fatiguing yourself and not recovering. Um, And in my opinion, I'd rather be on that side of the spectrum than uh, closer to the other. So obviously you want to find that like perfect balance, but I would much rather be on the side where I'm a little extra sore walking around during the day than uh feeling like I left something like where I could improve more.
0: Has that ever gotten you into trouble? Like I, I know personally I've I've just had dumb injuries in weightlifting from doing too much. No, oh, absolutely. I've I cannot if, if you like look through the
1: the Instagram enough, and honestly, I could put like a little reel together for this, but uh, I have dropped a bar snatching on my head way too many times to count. I used to, I don't know what it was when I would re-rack jerks, regardless if it was in the front rack or behind the neck, I just didn't understand the concept of like kind of rise up and bend your legs and catch it. I would just locked out legs, just boom, like 300 plus <laughs> pounds. I'm like, Why? And I popped out a rib doing that. Uh, I've had times where I like, I'm like, oh, I can just hit a few more kilos on this going outside of like percentage ranges that Nate gives me. And I have had a time where I caught a snatch and I had straps on and I like, couldn't like get out the front fast enough, but it was coming down. And I like messed up my wrist pretty good. Like where it just dropped straight down my back. Like I felt the bar on my back and everything. Um yeah, some ugly situations like that, but that's just how it goes, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's not a sport. If uh, if you want to do it, like, you're going to get injured at some point. That's, like, that's just part of the game. Yeah. That Which is sucks. for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and I think that's a big part of it is – Sorry about that. We are cleaning up down here because Finley is getting himself into a whole bunch of stuff. Um. I think that's a big part of the sport is if you can stay healthy, that is huge because uh, that was something that, like right after universities, um, I got like right back into it and probably pushed harder than I needed to. And uh, yeah, I was, I had that rib out for a while. I hurt my wrist. I like my whole training was just, uh, I had a shoulder impingement that was really, really bad. Um, and like my training was just garbage for like four months or something like that. And Like that's like just a big hiccup in time, especially like if you're chasing after like a goal that you only have like a few years ago, like four months is a big block of time for that. So
0: Yeah, I think it's a big block of time, but it's also like if you have to look at it in the grand scheme of things, whatever the goal is, like there's always there's always new goals that you can you can make and it's like if you want to do this sport, I interviewed Jake Horst. And he's been doing it for 10 years. Like a lot of times, I think the people who just start out, like you think, oh, I've been in the game two years, three years, four years. And it's like, dude, that's nothing like he's been people have been at this for two, three times as long as you sometimes. And, And it's easy to forget that when you're when you're a competitive person and you think like, oh, I'm training hard enough. I'm I'm doing what I need to do. And it's like you just can't replicate that time that other people have put in.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's reps on reps on reps of uh practice, like, over you and just getting the movement down and and understand the lifestyle of it. Like, like, a lot of people that transition into, like, the sport, they didn't realize, like, you are squatting six days a week. Like, I was looking at my programming and everything leading up to this past, like, AO finals uh, that we just had a week ago or whatever, and I was cleaning, so front squatting, over 300 pounds literally six days a week like in some aspect either front squat or a clean six days a week we were going over 140 so 308 um and like i I don't think a lot of people understand like that's like a lifestyle like your your body is it's not like bro splits where you're hitting back and by some days and like chest and tries and like it it's a it's a grind every day so like people are like oh it's leg day today and i'm like i don't think you understand this
0: (laughs) Every day's leg day, bro. Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, that's, uh, I can't even like begin to imagine like starting the sport when I was like, if I was 10. Like, I'm trying to think back to it. And like, when I was 10, I wasn't touching a barbell. I was doing taekwondo and like playing soccer and stuff. Like, I didn't even start football at that point yet. And then, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to think like, what would happen if you took like, some just really strong people and you did start them in this sport when they were younger and stuff. Like, yeah, it's a cool thing to wonder, I guess.
0: Yeah. We were talking about that the other day that just like in China or Russia or wherever Kazakhstan football is the same thing as weightlifting. Like you get into weightlifting at the same age that you would get into football or baseball or soccer. And it's like, these people are just freaks.
1: Oh yeah. And it, and it makes sense. Like it's something that the more time you put into it, obviously the better you're going to get, I mean, there's some like anomalies where it doesn't make sense. Like Lu Zhao who's like, like 37 now, like you're not supposed to be still progressing at that age, but, um, it kind of helps the, when you're 23 or 25 and you've been lifting for 10 years versus you're 23 and you've only been lifting for two. So,
0: yeah, exactly. Have you have you read The Sport of Steroids by Jim Rutter? I don't know if you I have heard of not. That.
1: Isn't that the is that the German uh documentary that just got?
0: It's kind of it's kind of about that, but it's the story of Pat Mendez, who was who was an American weightlifter, and basically the story is he found out that everyone internationally is on steroids. So he's like, naturally, if I want to compete with these guys, I gotta get on steroids. Yeah and he got popped twice so he's he's out of the sport but it was kind of it was his thing like he, he when he wanted to compete he was like i'm going to try to beat people from china beat people from kazakhstan and it's like i have to do steroids such as part of the game but yeah. uh i i definitely think he would like that book
1: oh yeah that's for sure something what was it called again
0: the sport is steroids okay yeah and it's by all... by jim rudder okay i'll look into that for sure after this yeah. That,
1: that's something that like always like is on my, my mind too is like do you make it so that you allow weightlifting, like kind of like bodybuilding where everyone can juice up just because this way you know it's actually a level playing field? Or do you keep like trying to hold like and realistically like they know like those world records from like the eighties and stuff, those aren't clean records anyways. Um, that's part of the reason that they have like restated weight classes that pretty much give people a fair chance, but like, do you make it so that everyone can just juice and you have like a competitive one where it's like, everyone's on the juice and then like a steroid free one or like, how do you do that? And I don't know, I wouldn't be against them allowing like steroid use in the Olympics, I guess, but it would be something where you have to like no like everyone in here is going to be like bodybuilding everyone in here is using roids and then realistically like everyday people that just want to train stuff compete in a different league like i i would be fine with that i personally obviously am not going to use steroids if i was at like an olympic caliber caliber and it was one of those things where it's like this is your life this is your job if you want to win a gold medal and like you're allowed to do this all right then maybe think about it but um I would be totally on board for that and kind of just watching people like watch like 81s throw up like 220 clean and jerks or something. That would be cool. So, um, but obviously it sets like an unreal uh, expectation if you're not using that type of performance enhancer.
0: Yeah, man, that's the, that's the golden question. And even looking at your weight class in nationals to be competitive, like your clean and jerk and double body weight, which it which is tough at, at your, in 81 so that's not heavy for people listening that's what 178 pounds yeah so you're got you're around 350 360 pounds just to basically even be in the conversation to be you on the be podium
1: top 10 in america which on an international like platform like top 10 in, in one country is nothing really like a 165 clean and jerk is not going to get you anywhere on an international stage as an 81. So it's like, it's kind of absurd to think about too. Like people like my friends and stuff, or like just like people I know from like my hometown will like watch a video and they're like, okay, it's like 220 pounds. And I'm like, all right, let's think about this. It's 220 pounds. Like so large male. And we're throwing it over our head for like absurd amount of reps and stuff. And they're like, Oh wow, that is kind of heavy.
0: <laughs> like, yes, yes it is. So I asked your teammate, Logan, the same question I'll ask you, but like, how do you stay motivated when there's people in your weight class who are so far ahead? So you've been doing the sport two years, not a long time, but like, how are you looking at Harrison and being like, geez, I got a long way to go? Is that something that's motivating for you or is it something that's almost discouraging? Um, A little of both, a little of both, to be honest.
1: Uh, it's one of those things where I'm not going to, like, ever knock someone for being just, like, an absolute stud. Like, Harrison's a freak of nature. Like, I realistically, he's, like, an anomaly. Like, the stuff he does just doesn't even make sense. And that's how it is for, like, a lot of people on, like, that international level and everything. I think that's, like, so, like, sweet. Like, I would love to, like, watch that type of stuff in person. Like, I kind of get lucky with, like like, watching Nate hit 130 barefoot snatches and stuff is kind of like stupid, but it's stupid cool in a way too. And watching like his wife, Jesse snatch over a hundred kilos and stuff is like kind of nuts in a way to think about it. So I think that's uh, it's cool watching it and everything. It's definitely like a, like, wow, I don't know what I need to change to kind of get to that level. But a lot of it is just time. Like you can't just like jump. Like I know Harrison said he has been competing since he was, was like elementary school age type thing. Um, so it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, just kind of understand that there is a boatload of time that goes into those goals and everything. And rather than being like discouraged by it, like kind of just get hyped up over it. Like, I think it's really cool that people are just that much of studs. There's no reason to kind of like bring anyone down for that. So, um, staying positive in that aspect and like also realizing like Harrison stream is to, I'm assuming is to like make the Olympics and medal in the Olympics and everything. And maybe win gold in golden Olympics, my goal in weightlifting right now is a little bit more short term. It's to qualify for the university world's team. So it's a different goal that we have also. Um, so that's like another thing that kind of helps make it uh, a little bit easier. Um, like on the brain and everything. Um, but realistically, I just, I enjoy the sport. I enjoy training just as much as I enjoy um, like competing, which sounds weird and doesn't really make sense, but it's a good attitude to have considering you're doing one for 12 straight weeks, eight sessions a week at all for one day. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of like that mindset of like, don't ever be satisfied. Um, I mean, you can be happy at times and everything, but don't ever be satisfied. Just keep going. Like keep being hungry.
0: Yeah. The, the, like your total, can always improve like i think every meet you do and this goes back to like mindset and being competitive every meet i do i walk off the platform and i'm just like damn i could have hit one or two more kilos or i could have done this better
1: yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah i told you that on the phone too like like this past meet I, I um pr my total by 10 kilos for an in-person meet um and still like walked out and i was like if i went to just sucked warming up like my last warm-up on snatch one of those where i almost missed it behind the head and so it was and i was 120 and i was like we're fine like let's just go 125 the classic after you almost miss behind the head then you leave one out in front so i missed my first snatch attempt and i'm just like i'm thinking in my head like after i missed that first snatch i'm like oh my god this is gonna be like a university's part two where i'm a bomb on snatches and like it's all going down shit um hit 125 and then I smoked 129 where it was one of those like yep I left like four kilos out there like if I would just clicked on rep- on rep uh my attempt one like we would have smoked it but that's just kind of how it goes like yeah you can't ever really be satisfied I guess
0: you brought up uh university so what ha- what happened like tell it talk to us about a bomb out because I think some people may have never experienced that. So what's that feeling like? <sighs>
1: yeah, well, one, it sucks, that's for sure. And I've never experienced a six for six uh, total or six for six meet. I meant. Um, but I'm assuming it's the exact opposite of that because it sucked. Um, yeah, leading into universities. Uh, another thing that sucked too was leading into it, like the best prep of my life. Didn't really make sense how I was having such a good prep because I was working. I had three jobs at the time. So I had days where like, I was working at a gym called former fitness. I would train people. I would get up at like four, four 30 and be at the gym at like four forty-five, train people from like five to about nine. Then I would go to school where I was a strength conditioning coach. Um, and I would train people from like nine to like three thirty-four, And I would get like an hour, hour and a half session uh, in at some point during the day there, or like kind of split it into two different little short sessions. Um, and then I would serve at night or bartend from like four thirty until like ten thirty, And I would do that like three times a week. And then the other like four days, uh, I was working two jobs. So I was working at school Monday through Friday. I was serving five days a week and I was training people at foreign fitness, like three days a week. So it was like 70 hours a week leading into it still is having like an amazing prep and everything. And it kind of like, I got to universities in uh, California um, the whole, like I took off that week, obviously, cause I was out in California and like the whole week I was like anxious. Like I couldn't relax, like sitting on the couch or anything. Like just felt like I had a ton of anxiety. Like I need to be doing stuff constantly where like, it was like actually draining, not doing anything just cause I was so like confused. Um, overdid my cut. I weighed in. I was like 83 going into that meet like that week and weighed in like 78, seven, um, which, is a big deal. Like that was like six and a half kilos. That's like, or, or uh, three and a half kilos. That's like, or two and a half kilos, two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half kilos, which is like over five pounds. And that's actually like a big deal considering I was like stuffing my face to get to 81 kilos rather than I could have like weighed 81 kilos. I like had a good cut and then been an extra five pounds up to, on top of that. So it's a big swing. Um, but felt fine warming up. Uh got like a little technical delay with uh the scoreboard and everything where I kind of got iced for my first snatch attempt. So that um threw me off a little bit, but then I just went out and I missed 126 three times and it was uh rough. And then kind of going into clean and jerks, so I was sitting there like, like what's even the point? Like I just flew out to California and everything. Am I even gonna medal at this because I just bombed my snatch, which is like my snatch is um what would have like carried me to a total or like a medal in the total um, not the other way around. So it was uh, a little heartbreaking at that meet. That's for sure.
0: So what happens when you get home? Like what's your regroup process? How long are you pissed off about that?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm still kind of pissed off about it sometimes. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it was like, and it was one of those things too, where we talked about, I was probably a little too aggressive getting back into it, but it was like, I got home and went to the gym like literally right after and was training like immediately after, like didn't take any time off. Didn't like take the week to kind of just get back into this way. It was like, I was just like mad at the world for everything. And, and honestly, like it was kind of expected when you look at the aspect of like, I was sleeping like four hours a night tops and like, and I, I was like taking classes on top of those three jobs and stuff. So I was not set up for a good spot. So realistically, I was like so mad about something that was like, yeah, that should happen to you realistically. Um, so it was just kind of like get right back into the grind of things. And like I did for that next month, but it was kind of like pretty beat up just from prep and everything. And then COVID hit and then it was just like, well, now you're back to uh, sitting in your house all day and training in the garage. So it was a big change of events, but
0: yeah. Yeah. That's wild. That, was that the last meet before like everything shut down?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it like was, for like,
0: USA weightlifting.
1: Yeah. It was like mid February. And then I want to say like, yeah, mid March is pretty much when the whole country was just like, all right, everyone goes down and go stay home.
0: <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't want to get into that. I think, uh, uh-huh. my opinions will probably lose some listeners, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm with you on that. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, man. So like, so what was training like during quarantine? Like you were able to, you have a garage set up or were you getting into a gym at least?
1: Um, no, I was, so I was really fortunate because all the gyms closed in, uh, Wisconsin. Um, I was really fortunate where, uh, Tony Callan, my high school, uh, strength coach, um, he owns a gym in Slinger and he was pretty much like, like, I understand you're training for stuff and everything. And, and uh, right at the beginning of, uh, that whole shamble of, uh, events, Uh, I got an email and it was like, Hey, in June, you can do this university world's team tryout that they're going to do on like a zoom call and everything. And so I was like, well, obviously I need to like keep training now because of that. um, For like that zoom call and everything or the world's tryout. Uh, So I talked to him and he's like, yeah, like let's make it work. Um, So pretty much I went to fleet farm, grabbed a bunch of like horse stall mats, grabbed some plywood, made some like makeshift platform at home. Uh, he lent me just some, uh, old bumper plates and stuff and everything. And me and my brother kind of just got like a little setup going in the garage where in Wisconsin in March, it's not exactly very nice in the garage. that's for sure. But we had like this heater, we would jack this heater up. It'd be like 90 degrees all of a sudden in our garage. But then everything was like slick from like the condensation of like the heat and cold and everything. Um, so it was a wonky training setup. Didn't have a squat rack, but we had these huge like water buckets that are like like from the floor to like shoulder height. And we just put like chunks of plywood on top and would use it as like a squat rack. It was, uh, it was a wonky setup, but we made it work. It was awful. Uh, kind of thinking back to it just cause the body was so beat up. I wasn't doing anything during the day. So I was like naturally gaining weight just because I wasn't on my feet walking all the time. Like I was when I was working those three jobs. And I was just like, why do I keep gaining weight? Like what is <laughs> going on right now? I feel like I'm not even eating much. Um, So there was that like confusing aspect, like just being like kind of lost, like not knowing what to do. Like I said, when I was at uh, universities, I was just like, I'm a person that needs to be like on the go, on the go, on the go and not having anything to do is kind of taxing on the mind and everything. But uh, I got lucky in the sense that I definitely got to train still and uh, yeah, kept myself sane for the most part, but. Did you get a little training setup going during it or what happened? Yeah,
0: we were in my dad's garage and same thing in Pennsylvania. It's pretty cold in March, but it was just, it was probably like a month where I was just like, I literally was down to like 70, 75% like missing. And you know, like at that point you're just so frustrated, but it took, took probably like a month to get back to where I was hitting 80, 85%. Yeah. And and I'm not like, I guess in the beginning, I was so pissed that I was at those numbers. And I'm like, I was hitting triples with this. And now yeah. I can barely snatch it for a single. But after like a month, I realized like how lucky I was to even have a setup, like half, half the people I know didn't even work out for months at a time. So I think that that part's cool. But yeah, our gym was pretty lucky where they rented out equipment and pretty much kept the members. But one thing I was going to ask you, like, have you noticed since you started weightlifting, yep. have you seen a big drop off of people? Like, have you seen a lot of people come into the sport and then realize how hard it is and then they're out of weightlifting in like six months, a year? Um, Honestly, not really just because I – I like don't have anyone that I
1: get to train with really. I have like a couple uh closer buddies from school. Like when I say a couple, I mean like one that's like stuck with the sport. And then like, there was like three or four that like were with the sport and now are like off doing other things, which I totally get. Um, but yeah, like, of like my whole football team and everything, I'm realistically the only guy that like, like is into the sport now. And like, we did a lot of Olympic weightlifting training. So that was like our main uh, thing in the gym. Um, So I would have thought like more football guys would have kind of stuck with it, but yeah, it was like, pretty much like football season ended for me. It ended on our senior day. was on Saturday and I was training for Olympic weightlifting that Monday right afterwards. And I would say 95% of the rest of my football team was like, well, I don't have to do another leg day as long as I live. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, I, I get that aspect of yeah. Um a lot of people kind of like leaving the sport because yeah, it is not for the it's not for the faint of heart. It's not like like bodybuilding training. Like I'll do that every once in a while. Um like if I just have nothing else to do in the afternoon or something, I already had a training session. Um, but that you can like enjoy just going into the gym, kind of getting a pump, looking in the mirror a little bit, feeling like a tool and uh being like, Oh wow, like this is kind of fun. Just slow, easy reps and just kind of getting uh, some endorphins released and a nice pump. But yeah, weightlifting is a whole different aspect where you, you don't do it for looks or like any of that stuff. You just kind of do it because you love it for some reason that no one really can even explain yet. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that describes it perfectly. Like you really don't know why you're so into it. And like we talked a little bit and I've talked to Logan about this too. Like everyone who's in weightlifting is like so in it and, is watching YouTube videos and listening to weightlifting podcasts. And it's like people have no idea what weightlifting is. Like I would say probably 90% of the fitness community doesn't even know what a snatch is. If they saw somebody do it, they'd be like, what the hell is that? That (laughs) looks dangerous. You know, I'm sure Jillian Michaels would be like, what the hell is a jerk?" Oh God. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and I have, uh, people that like, they'll say like, Oh yeah, my brother was into that stuff. Yeah. And then I'll like show them a video and they will be like, Oh yeah, that was a nice, nice deadlift. And I'm like, Oh, "Oh, (laughs) but yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's not really known. I wish I could like get a bigger name in America and everything and like start generating like more revenue. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's such a tough thing. It's hard to recruit like older people for it because you realistically like should develop some mobility if you want to like have fun with it and everything, or like just kind of get above average in the sport. Um, but yeah, it's something you got to invest some time into. It's not like where a lot of people just want to work out, to burn some calories and stuff. It's not the perfect thing for that, but it's, uh, it's uh, something that makes you disciplined. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I like that. What would you say was like the biggest weakness you had? Like, did you have any imbalances from football or things that you had to work on before you you really took that next step?
1: Uh, mobility was a huge aspect. Like, that's something I'm still like working on every day and everything. Um, I used to think I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna try to squat jerk, and then you try to squat jerk and you get literally to a three quarter squat, and you're like, yeah, zero chance I'm riding this all the way down into the bottom or something like that snatches i was always i could power more than i could full snatch for a long time like a lot of people when they start out just kind of being explosive but zero technique my jerk is still garbage that's something we're working on when i get heavy for some reason i just like front foot hits way early and it pushes my body out the back and i'll miss jerks out the front um so technique stuff for sure um we're still like putting that stuff together and that's the thing with time and more reps um i'll get there on it but strength wasn't an issue. I came out of football with a 248 back squat. Um, but the literally I had a 248 back squat and PR'd my uh snatch and clean and jerk at 125 155, but I was like 88 kilos probably. And now I'm hitting higher numbers in the snatch and clean and jerk at like 8 kilos less body weight and a back squat that's probably like 30 kilos less. So, um actually probably 40 kilos less. It's kind of one of those things where yeah, there was a there was a lot of things to work on, but technique, technique, technique is the biggest thing. That's for sure where sacrificing some strength work and just spending more time on that um was definitely beneficial and I think it's easier on your body in the long run um working with lighter weights, like understanding how to move around a bar, actually stretching and stuff to kind of take care of yourself um, rather than just squatting heavy weight and making lifts just look ugly and hard to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trying to save the knees and all that stuff and your back and everything uh, is definitely beneficial. So,
0: For sure. When did you start working with your coach now at Milwaukee Barbell?
1: Um, I was just sliding through uh, messages on Instagram and everything. My first day, uh, like when I started working with uh, Nate was April 11th, 2019. So Um, we'll be coming up on two years then in April so I guess another four months or so five months Um, so yeah then I started right after football um, I got right into Cal Strength um, and I wasn't working Um, I was an RA at school um, so that was kind of what was kind of paying for my college and everything but that winter break I didn't have another job so I uh did the Cal Strengths programming, I did the Elite programming, so I was doing nine sessions a week, um, went through, uh, did a meet um, on their programming and everything, um, and then, yeah, switched over to Milwaukee Barbell programming, and uh, working with Nate and Jake, and uh, just all the guys down there, um, towards the end of March, and then beginning of April is when I, uh, like, got on their programming.
0: What was the biggest transition like you noticed once you started, you know, working seriously with the coach? Yep. Cause I'm assuming when you're on the Cal strength program, like, are you talking to Dave Spitz, or Is anybody correcting your technique? Oh, you, you
1: had like uh so, it, and they did a good job of it. It was a cheap programming thing. You're on like a train heroic app. You pretty much got like a video analysis, like once a week from uh, it was like Jason Stark or like whoever was in like your coach in that like little part or whatever. Um, But it was, yeah, it was, I I felt like we were doing like 95% like every single day. And honestly, like just flat out because I didn't have another job and I was doing nine sessions a week, I was getting strong. Like I, the program was actually fun, but my technique was getting nowhere because like not having a coach to like critique you daily, your technique is not going to improve as much as obviously if you do have a coach right there. So Um, that was kind of like part of the reason I got off of it and then just, yeah, having like people to interact with and like compete with and stuff rather than like posting on the train heroic app and having a couple comment, nice lift, nice lift. And it's like, all right, cool. There's no like real connection here with the team or anything.
0: Yeah, I think that's tough. And a lot of people like who want to do CrossFit will jump on. I know a lot of people at my old gym who did like they would hop on a misfit you know, weightlifting cycle or Ben Bergeron cycle weightlifting. And, uh, you just don't get any better. Like that's a, that's a thing that people don't realize is if you don't take Olympic weightlifting full time, you're just not going to achieve optimal results.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's yeah. And honestly, that's what CrossFit is. I'm not knocking CrossFit. I think it's an awesome thing to kind of get people moving and uh, healthy and, um, better than if they weren't doing it um but you're you're a jack of all trades and a master of none when weightlifting you're trying to be a master of two trades um jack of none really so that's yeah it's just a total different mindset and like some people love that aspect like i remember logan saying he would hate that like some people love just doing new stuff every single day and like trying new stuff and uh honestly like i love the aspect of crossfit that you go in there and you like I mean, for the most part, like whenever I do a workout, I go in there and just kill myself every single time. (laughs) And then kind of like just whatever you're done and on to the next day. Um, So I like love that aspect of it, but uh, it's, yeah, it's different. Like you're not working, like you can't work rope climbs, handstand walks, 50 power snatches in two minutes, heavy singles, back squats, front squat, like, there is so many exercises you can't do all of that every single day, s- six days a week. Um, so you're definitely gonna be like sacrificing here and there, and then obviously you're not gonna get you're not gonna get better at snatching and clean and jerk, heavy singles, if you're running and rowing and erg and biker like until like you're dead every day. Like that's a total different stimulus. Your CNS is drained. Like it's obviously not going hand in hand. So you choosing one is definitely the the better route to go. You definitely should have some GPP in your training uh, here and there and everything, but yeah, yeah it's not going to make you being a better weightlifter. You're not going to like improve that from running a half marathon. Like, it's just
0: <laughs> yeah, that's such good advice. So what's a week in your training look like? Like how many days a week are you training? Like, what are you doing as far- you don't have to give us the whole program, but like, what's it, what's like a average day in your training?
1: Um, so I just, uh, just switched my programming from six days a week to eight days a week with, uh,
0: damn um, eight days
1: or, or eight <laughs> sessions. Yeah. No, eight I'm just sessions. Messing with you. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, Oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, I just finished that first week of the eight sessions. It was, um, definitely a big change of pace where like Monday and I work at my job from three to 10 PM on Monday and Wednesday. So, like, it was uh, get up, get an early session in, go home, pretty much eat, like, work on something for an hour, two hours or whatever, and relax, and then go right back into the gym. Uh, So, not as much time as you would like between sessions, but it's going to be a boatload of jerk work um, on those morning sessions and just, like, some extra squat work, pretty much, Um, and then, like... My last uh, program was a ton of snatch work and everything and uh, a lot of clean work to kind of make the, make the jerk easier, I guess, like standing up at easy clean is going to obviously make a jerk a lot more possible than if you hit a grindy clean. Um, But clean improved a ton where now it's the opposite where we're doing a ton of jerk work, um, especially those two extra morning sessions. And then um, we're doing like front squats plus jerks to kind of fatigue myself and make those jerks harder um snatch work. We're working a lot of like turnover stuff, keeping that bar tight and everything. And um pretty much every single day, like Monday mornings, jerks and back squats, Monday afternoon, snatch balances, a lot of snatch work. Uh Tuesdays, front squats and jerks, snatch pulls, Wednesday, jerk work in the morning, snatch work at night, Thursday, kind of mix of everything, a little lighter stuff. Friday, go heavy in both uh, classic lifts and then a lot of pulls and saturdays pretty much pause back squats until you want to puke and uh some other just light work on the other stuff and some bodybuilding stuff to kind of hit some uh, muscle imbalances so that's the the quick summary i guess
0: yeah that's that's pretty in-depth though anyone listening just got a free program basically
1: (laughs) nate does a good job programming everything uh I, like, I love when he puts, like, this is, like, just a whole different program uh, together for me than, like, what I was doing, and honestly love this week a ton. I personally love programming. I think it's just so cool, Um, especially, like, if you're working with, like, a client or an athlete or whatever, and, like, they're, like, hey, I want to get, like, just stupid good at jerks. Like, there's so many different, like, exercises that you can do, like, either as, like, prehab, rehab, um, to kind of, like dial in like your muscles and everything and like prevent injuries on those things. And then also different, like we can do like jerk dips, we can do slow dip jerks, we can do pause jerks. uh, We can do overhead walks. We can do like jerk recoveries, like all sorts of stuff. And for literally every single aspect of um, like Olympic lifting, if you want to do it for powerlifting, if you want to do it for CrossFit, there's so many different like catering exercises to like that big aspect. Um, I think it's a ton of fun being able to put programs together for people and kind of just make them like hit those individual goals that like they tell you, I guess. Um, So yeah, that's something I'm always interested in is like, like if people want to send me their program just so I can look at it and we just want to like chit chat about it. I am always game for that. I think it's so cool watching like, and like seeing coaches program for their athletes in different ways and everyone needs different programming. That's for sure. Like that was the one thing about the Cal strength elite. You're, you're on a program too with like how many other people, and it's not going to be as beneficial. Like, I don't quite understand that where Dave – and I, I do to a, uh, like, to a degree where Dave's programming for West Kids because he's in, most likely going to represent in the Olympics and everything. But then, like, like Chevy's doing his pretty much. Damron's doing his right now and, like, whoever else. Where I feel like those guys could get so much better if they were doing, like, their own specific thing but I understand the aspect too, where we're all like competing on the same program, trying to make West better too. Um, but yeah, I think if you individually want to improve the most, uh, getting on your own program is the best, the best choice
0: with a coach that knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's key right there. Your coaching. So like how much impact in the program do you have? Like if you're talking to your coach, are you saying like, Okay. So say you want to get better at jerks. Are you saying like, I think we should add jerk recoveries. I think we should add this. Is that something you have input over Is your coach? Like, okay, we want to get better jerks. This yeah. is what it is.
1: Um, So Nate's definitely a yes coach in the, in the way where if I ask for something, he's normally going to say like, yeah, let's do that then. And I think most of the time you should be a yes coach because there's the psychological aspect that like, as an athlete, your coach trusts you to do things and, uh, and no one, no one really wants to be in a program where like you're like can I do this and your coach is like no are you stupid like (laughs) like you like to have some relationship there so um that was like one thing like pretty much it was like Nate talked to me he's like all right so what do we want to improve on and we both like agreed we need to get better jerks and a little better bar path on snatches and like things are gonna like numbers are gonna jump um so we like, he put together like a program and then uh like one of the days he had like a bunch of uh pause jerks and everything. I was like, or uh, pause in the dip and then jerk. And I was like, we've done these before. And like, it was one of those things I had to remind him. I was like, yeah, can't do that. Cause for some reason, when I pause in the bottom of my dip for my jerks, my patellar tendon for the next like week is like, I hate you. We're not doing any of this stuff ever again. So I was like, we can't do that so i just modified literally that was like the only thing pretty much that we switched out was instead of pausing the dip it was just a slow dip and i did that and like my jerk literally felt like i'm not even trying right now and then yesterday we worked up to like a 155 pull plus clean plus front squat plus jerk and i hit i hit 159 was the number i hit in the meat so um just that like that one exercise where it was Kind of, it was like what he was going for, but just a little different stimulus for it, um, I think is going to help uh, the jerk in the long run a ton. So um, just kind of, yeah, putting those things together. And I think as a coach, you do need to be a, a yes coach to a degree. Obviously, you don't want to just let the kid decide or dude or whatever, female decide entirely what you're doing. But I think having input from the athlete is going to, one, keep them more motivated and two, build a better relationship with you.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Like you need to, even if you're not making the decisions, I think it's important that you feel like you're, you have input and going back to the sport of steroids. So Pat got coached by John bros. And like he said, the whole time there was no program. Like the whole point was like, they would squat in the morning to max. And then in the afternoon, they would, uh, snatch clean and jerk to max and then squat again. Awesome. And like that, <laughs> and like, he was saying how many times he lost confidence in the program. Cause he's like always getting yeah. these injuries and always yeah. failing and going to meets and bombing out. Yeah. And he had none of that. Like he couldn't tell his coach like, Oh, Hey, I think we should cut out a day of squats. It was like, no, no. this is, this is what's going to make you a champion.
1: That's rough.
0: Like I, Oh, and
1: I personally would not be able to like hang with that. Like I can't do that every single day. Um, like messo was talking on the weightlifting house podcast the one day where he was saying um how he back squat front squats every single morning like alternating back and forth and then snatching and clean and jerk every single night alternating back and forth so he trains 13 days a week so on sundays he just doesn't do the two a day um but he and i get it where maybe you could do this if you're not on like roids and stuff where He talks about how his recovery is literally he wakes up, eats, trains, and then he just naps all day or sleeps all day or whatever and then wakes up, eats and trains again and then goes back to bed. Like I can maybe get it if that's like your one sole uh, objective in life is that. Um, But otherwise, yeah, you got to be smart with like you can't program that much tonnage for someone and expect like a normal human to be able to recover that much.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's tough, man. So what's what's the next goal in weightlifting for you? Like, what do you have? What do you have coming up?
1: Uh, we're gonna do University Nationals or AO uh, one or whatever in uh, I want to say it's West Valley, just outside of Salt Lake City in uh, beginning of March. So that's what uh, we're programming towards. At the, yeah, about twelve weeks um, now. I eleven and yeah, I want to pretty much put together a total that's uh, convincing for a
0: University World Team. That is the sole goal for the next uh, year or two. Okay. And then when is, is that like every year or is that like alternating years?
1: Yeah, it's, it's every year. So this past year it got canceled, um, with COVID and everything. Uh, I want to say 289 was pretty much the number I needed to hit in my weight class, uh, qualify for this past year. Um, so we're obviously, I'm right, like hit 288 at this past meet. Um, so we're right there, but I think with, uh, this like programming coming up, um, I'm only working one job now, uh, like kind of change some lifestyle stuff just cause I've been saving up enough. I don't need to work three jobs and, uh, paying for grad school itself is a lot cheaper than undergrad. That's for sure. Um, I think we can, uh, kind of destroy that number at this next meet. That's the goal and everything. And, uh, Yeah, we're just staying locked in on that. That's pretty much the one thing I want to do represent Team
0: USA in some aspect. Awesome, man. I think that's a great goal. And I think, definitely judging off how you did at the last meet, it's definitely attainable.
1: I appreciate that. And yeah, that's uh, the grind for now. So,
0: yeah, man. Yeah.
1: Any any goals for like weightlifting in general coming up? Any like totals you want to hit, or any local meets, or any national meets you're trying to go to soon?
0: well i was gonna compete at nationals i tweaked my wrist like three and a half weeks before so i just snatched 70 kilos for the first time yesterday hey, little <laughs> but, uh, things. yeah you never you never realize how like much you appreciate weightlifting until you get hurt and can't do weightlifting and then like 100 kilo clean is like oh my god this is the best thing ever i'm so happy like i just power cleaned 100 yesterday and uh just getting back into it so so i i don't want to like put any goals out there just because i don't want to disappoint myself at this time but we'll see hopefully nationals in uh i think that's in june of next year june or july yeah june or july so i'm um, How do they do it's detroit but whatever <laughs> yeah yeah so i was gonna do nationals but uh hopefully 2021 nationals is uh i i did uh do it do like a local meet we had literally two meets in pennsylvania pop up this year and i happened to jump in on a thursday night on a Saturday meet. And I'm so glad I did it because I got the, I qualified for nationals again, basically with that total.
1: That's big time. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so it's been fun and, and it's cool. We're at the same point, like in our weightlifting careers, we both finished college sports and it'll be cool to watch you going forward. So I think, uh, it'll be cool to continue this conversation, hopefully in the next couple of years.
1: Absolutely. We'll have to, we'll have to find a time where, uh, Yeah, like me and Logan can drag uh, Nate out of his dungeon and get him on here and everything and kind of just have like a big chit chat with the boys and everything. So,
0: Yeah, I actually got a message from somebody on Instagram who said, can you get Nate on the podcast? And uh, so, (laughs) so we'll see if you guys can, if you guys can bug him enough, hopefully I'll get him on here
1: sounds good and uh yeah he's got he's got a few instagrams i wanna say it's like nikki stamos or yeah like not nikki i don't know something look up like nikki stamos on ig and you'll be able to find some stuff or just go to the milwaukee barbell site and we we post some stuff with him on there and everything but yeah, he's uh an interesting fella that is for <laughs> sure <laughs> just hidden off the scene
0: well this has been fun man where can people find you on instagram if they want to follow your training
1: uh yeah it's just uh, at Jacob Mason 26, and yeah, I post on there pretty much daily. If you guys have any questions or like anything about programming, lifestyle stuff, like nutrition, anything in general, um, feel free to message me on it. I, I'm a just kind of a fitness uh, guru and nut to that type of stuff. I love nutrition stuff um, and just kind of lifestyle coaching in general. So um, yeah, shoot me a message on there or whatever,
0: um, and we can connect. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Once again, thanks so much to Jake for coming on the show. I feel like I can just have people on here and talk weightlifting all day. So I hope you guys are enjoying the episodes lately. If you like this one, uh, tag both Jake and I on Instagram and let us know what you thought about the episode. If you want to support the show, I have a few couple ways that you can do that this week. So the first thing you can do is just leave a quick five-star rating on iTunes and leave a review, whatever you like about the show. Even if it's negative, I just always love to hear some feedback. And then I also have some custom Better Than Yesterday refocused bands. If you guys haven't got them already, they are $10, so just hit me with a DM on Instagram, and I'll be sure to hook you up with them. And just thank you guys so much for the support. I really appreciate you guys tuning in week in and week out, and I look forward to having another great guest on next week. Take care.